Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the latest edition of the Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wright. It is an honor and a privilege to bring this particular guest to the podcast today on Believe Network. As America is talking about the dynasty, and it is the biggest sports documentary to come out, dare I say, since The Last Dance, which came out during the pandemic. And the man who is largely responsible, along with his astounding team members, for producing the the, 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 the docuseries, which you can watch on Apple TV+, Plus, Matthew Hamachek, the executive producer, the, the, the man, the myth, the man who could help put this all thing, this whole thing together, where it's got everybody talking. I'm happy to be on here to talk with you, Matthew. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for that's really nice of you to say, but thanks for having me on. Um, I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> Absolutely, my my pleasure. And uh, first thing, first things foremost, everybody wants to know when you were work on such a huge project and the dynasty um is a huge project not just because um you're talking about the greatest dynasty in the history of the nfl but because of the length of time that this dynasty took place so it's a two-part question matthew first Mm -hmm. and foremost what inspired you to um, to create this documentary and secondly what are a couple of things that have stood out to you um, during the time in which you were interviewing your subjects that were a part of the documentary? Well, the way this sort of all started was I was working on a film, uh, a two-part series for HBO, Tiger, uh, about Tiger Woods, the golfer. And uh, the, the book that had inspired that documentary mm-hmm. was written by an author named Jeff Benedict. And he, at the time, was just wrapping up the book that this series is based off of. And he reached out and asked me if I was interested in, in doing this. And, and the truth is, I really I really wasn't a Patriots fan growing up. I had my own NFL team that I rooted for. So I really didn't know all that much about them other than the sort of the major headlines. Yeah. And so, you know, that's how I got started. And I think what was great about not knowing all that much about the team is that when we got all these people in the chairs, you know, the, we had like 70 plus sort of players and coaches and front office execs, uh, league officials, rivals, people who were sort of tangentially connected to the team is I was really able to listen to them and let and hear their stories and not say, this is how mm. I see this game. I want you to tell me the things that sort of fit what I believe it to be. It was more just like, what? so what was your take on the 2001 season? How did it start? What was important? Why? Things like that. And just to really sit back and listen. And as I listened, you know, along with this incredible team of, you know, 50 plus people that I was working with, we started to hear that, you know, beyond just sort of the story of um, X's and O's and, um Lombardi trophies, that there was this deeply human sort of um, quasi sort of Shakespearean story that was taking place. And um, I think that that became our focus as we talked to people about the story more and more, something that was not just about football, but it was about what made this these people human and 
how they interacted with each other, how they created something, how they sustained it, and then how eventually this thing came ripping apart at the end. You talked about the, the human element, and that's what I picked up on in the, in the first episode, in which that it, it peeled back the curtain a bit in terms of how the foundation of the dynasty started. And what I noticed in particular was Bledsoe was rushed to NGH when he took that big hit from, from Mo Lewis in week two um, of the 2001 NFL season, the first game back after 9-11. And I listened very carefully to how Robert Kraft described his relationship with, with Drew Kraft, I viewed him as if as if he was my he was one of my sons. What was what was something that you picked up on that really dawned on you in terms of the human element, but as well as how the relationships were described, especially in episode one? Yeah, I think you know the interesting thing about those guys in in that the beginning of this story meaning that the three main characters of bill tom and robert and at that time really drew also um for for the for the people that would remain there for 20 years they really all started out as these outsiders right like robert you know he wasn't at that time part of the billionaires club that could write a check and buy a team so part of his origin story is about how he was able to pull that off but, but he wasn't part of the club of people that normally get to own an NFL team. Belichick, you know, as Jackie Mack put it, you know, had a sort of underwhelming stint in Cleveland. Tom was the 199th pick. And <clears throat> I think what was significant about the choices that were made, obviously everybody already knows that that that, that choice by Bill was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, you know, coaching decision that's made in NFL history, right? Um, but it was how much it mattered to how much it mattered to Drew, how much the relationship with Drew mattered to Robert, and then also the the guts in a lot of ways that it took for Bill to be willing to make that choice, despite basically everybody on the outside looking in, thinking that it was the worst choice that you could possibly make. And so again, that sort of gets back to that human element, right? Of how are, how do these people um, yeah. how do these people interact with each other and what was at stake to each of them individually um, you know as well as the team and I found it to be really fascinating as the first episode um, went along in terms of how you were able to go back in time and how you were able to use like the past instance to bring it to the present in that particular episode. And I'm talking about most notably going back to 1994 when Bill Belichick was a head coach of the Cleveland Browns back then. And he was part of an infamous decision that he had to make then in terms of Bernie Kosar and how Ernie, um, not, not Ernie, but Scott Pioli, he basically said, hey, like, if, if Bill Belichick wasn't careful with how he was handling the Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady decision, he could have a repeat of what happened in Cleveland in 94 where, where Kozar's benching and so forth. As you were going further along in, the, in that particular aspect of the story, what was it about that decision in Cleveland that, that made 
Bill Belichick particularly more confident and bold to make this type of decision now, given that he made a similar decision seven years prior and it didn't go well for him? Well, I, I don't know if it did. I think in a lot of ways, you know, the, the, the reason we included the story where we did is that it may not have actually made him emboldened to make that decision. It may, it's, and, and even when we come out of that flashback, if you will, you know, you hear Scott Pioli saying, it's not that we were questioning what, yeah. it's not that Bill was questioning his decisions or anything like that, but we knew what was at stake here. If we screw, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing him, but if we screwed this up, it was, you know, our, you know, that was curtains for us basically at the Patriots. And, you know, you have to remember, it's not just that, but how many chances do you get to be head coach in the NFL, right? You've, you've already had one in Cleveland. Mm. You made a tough decision yeah. about a quarterback there. It didn't that, you know, that decision plus a variety of other things led to the team basically moving and everything falling apart and the fan base being angry. Um, and then what if you do that again to the hometown hero, the guy who's basically the face of the franchise and is beloved by ownership who just gave him a hundred million dollar contract. And, you know, that contract was, you know, in, in today's, in today's sort of NFL world is sort of, you know, like something like what a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that would have gotten. Right. And so it was a really, really big deal. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things about a story like this is that history has proven the choice to be right. But so, so people don't really question don't really question it, don't understand what was at stake for the people when the choice was made, because they just say, well, of course it was, he's a genius. Like it was the great, it was the most obvious choice imaginable. Tom Brady's the, the greatest quarterback of all time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think really taking you into those rooms with the people who are making those choices and seeing what was at stake for them professionally, personally, uh, et cetera. And uh, it, it was, was a, was a challenge, but it was ultimately, I think what makes a story like this so interesting. One of the aspects of, of why I find this particular, don't this docuseries so fascinating um, through the first four episodes episodes five and six is dropping this friday on apple tv plus for mm -hmm. um for everyone to watch is is the fact of the timing bill belichick had just gotten let go after 24 seasons as a head coach and general manager of the new england patriots and there have been people that have been wondering about the timing of the of the release of the docu series on Apple TV Plus. So Matthew, like, why was it released now, like after Bill Belichick's um, departure from the New England Patriots? I wish I wish we could have been, you know, we we could have known what was going to happen in the future. But um, when when we started making this thing, we sort of set the release date and when we wanted to do it, and it was really more than anything time to um, the Super Bowl. And in in this year, and and it coming out directly after that, and it, it, in a lot of ways, it was really a marketing thing. It was more, mm -hmm. it was like, well, football's over, and so, you know, I I and every other football fan in the world is, uh, you know, hungry for for more football, and why not give them the greatest football story of all time? And you know, when the when the news was announced that they were parting ways with each other. Um, you know, it, it was it was just as much of a surprise to me as, as sort of everybody else. Um, 
I want to look ahead to, to episode two because episode two, <laughs> you look back at the snow the, the snowball, which was the mm. final game ever played at all Foxborough Stadium before they moved into um to, to Gillette for the ahead of the 2002 season. Mm-hmm. And we all know about just how pivotal of of that game was in the history of the NFL. Forget about Super Bowl 36, the win the win in Super Bowl 36, which was talked about um as well. But that particular moment in time, in the way that Ernie Adams talked about it um in, in, in that episode, what were some interesting um character characteristics or, or or traits about Ernie Adams that that you noticed that you um picked up on as you were interviewing him as part of the snowball episode? Well, the, 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 you know, when we were making this thing, um, you know, Dan Kohler, who's uh, the lead editor on the project and a producer, and I have collaborated on a lot of things. And, um, you know, one of the things that we kept trying to do is to find the meaning behind some of these pivotal things that we, that, that people were talking about because, and the, you know, when we talked to Ernie, when we talked to Scott, when we talked to Robert, um, when we talked to the players, the thing that we kept coming back to was this idea of something bigger than just the 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 snow game and the kick and all things like that. That it was something about like fate or God's hand and these like much larger sort of subjects. And um, you know. I don't know if you've seen the movie Big, but uh, you know, I sort of think of that moment when they're going to, into the snow game as kind of like when he goes up to the Zoltar machine and he he puts the coin in and and the Zoltar machine's eyes light up and his mouth starts moving, and it was almost like you know your wish is now granted. Uh, you are going to advance and everything you ever hoped for is going to be given to you. And then there's this question of what are you going to do with it? And that's, and, and sort of the snow game in a lot of ways, even though it isn't their ultimate goal, which is to win a Super Bowl, it seems, it seemed like a game that was bigger than just, you know, about football it was bigger than just Adam Vinatieri's kick. It was, it was, it was sort of magical. And so we, that's one of the things that we really focused on wanting to, to capture with that. Mm-hmm. When, when you watch episode three and four, and I know, noticed something that really was glaring, because hmm. I thought that in episodes one and two, that that you did a tremendous job, like really getting into the into the two thousand one season and the different intricacies and storylines that made that two thousand one season. Um, such an important point in in the history of the NFL, but especially when it comes to the Patriots dynasty and so forth. But what I noticed in that in, in episodes three and four was that there wasn't a whole lot of time spent talking about the 03 and the 04 seasons, the mm-hmm. way that 01 was covered. Why was that the case? Why why was there not more time spent on, on the 2003, 2004 seasons, considering that there was a historic um, winning streak that took place a 21 game winning streak which um, which was the longest on um, winning streak in NFL history yeah it, it's a great question um again I think as we listen to these people talk we kept hearing about this story that was bigger than football 
and that had these enormous themes. And I think that mm. in a lot of ways, what that freed us up to do is to not be people who were collecting every little thing that happened to the Patriots over the years. And I know that saying that, you know, sort of implying that the third, third, the second and third Super Bowl are little things, but they're obviously not. I think that they, those are those were really important. It was really important to understand that they became a dynasty, but the the minutia of those seasons wasn't important to the larger story that we were sort of trying to tell, which was this deeply human story about people and and sort of where the dynasty goes over the years. And you know, the honest truth is that Carolina Super Bowl, from a NFL fan perspective, arguably to me is one of the best of the entire dynasty. Uh, but it it, it wasn't necessarily part of oh, the larger story that we were trying to tell and so you know um that was the reason we moved past it. It, it 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 all goes back to this idea of telling a human story and getting at things that are bigger at football and what was revealed as we went along the way is a sort of almost shakespearean story and um and i think uh, that's what we kept focusing on as we told it. In, in episode four, this was where my antennas went up like crazy outside of the outside of being a Patriots fan and so forth. But this is where my antennas went up because I thought that the documentary in itself in that episode, really zeroed in on the character and the personality of Ernie Adams. Mm. Because it was the first time that I walked away from the feeling that, man, this guy was probably equally as snarky as Bill Belichick was, especially when it came to when it came to Spygate. And I want to go back to a specific moment in that episode where Ernie Adams, when he was asked about what happened to the tapes that were destroyed um, um like during the spygate in investigation as, as per requested by the nfl ernie adams just did not basically didn't even answer questions he said like this there's some things i will take with me to the grave mm -hmm. and i thought that was like a whoa okay wow when you when you were speaking with, with ernie adams as you were listening to him talk about spygate mm -hmm. How clear did it become that Ernie Adams had a much more bigger role in Spygate than what people may have initially realized? I think that um, <clears throat> I think that line is obviously a great line because Ernie says, you know, I'm taking this to the grave with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it reveals a larger thing about the uh, uh, reveal something about Spygate in a way as if you're if you've covered the patriots for a long time i think what's a, what's shocking about it is that you really never heard the, any anyone within the organization really talk about this on the record right and and for him to even mm -hmm. sort of say he's taking things there there are things that he knows about but he's not going to talk about it and he's going to take them to the grave with him it sort of it, it 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 alludes to the idea that this thing actually did happen which people have read about and written about and you know, whatever, for many, many years. Um, the thing that really fascinated me about the, the fourth episode was this larger idea, you know, about 
it starts off with this um, uh, New Jersey state police officer who had been undercover with the, the mafia. And he, yes. he basically asked, asked to get out of it because he couldn't handle the betrayal of it, right? And so we get into this larger theme about betray he ends up being the police officer who gets the camera and tape from the Jets because he's the head of security for the Meadowlands. And um, there's that betrayal. There's also, you know, in some of the people we talked to, mind the betrayal of Eric Mangini, of Bill Belichick, basically, you know, somebody in the episode in a piece of archival says, did, mm -hmm. did Mangini sort of rat Belichick out? Um, and I think that the thing we wanted to do in this episode is sort of talk about that larger idea of loyalty and betrayal and then go into how do these people respond when the situation uh, takes place? And it's interesting because I look at this episode as one of the ones where I have a great deal of empathy for Bill Belichick and what he's going through in the situation. Mm -hmm. And as well as Ernie, as well as sort of the players. And what you see there is like, you know, literally them put in and, and figuratively putting their arms around Bill and saying, we've got you, despite all of the emotion that I'm sure they were feeling. And Teddy Bruschi talks about it. We, we, we had hate, we had love, but there were all these people saying these things about our coach, but he was ours. And, and that idea of all of these guys rallying around him and other teams would have fallen apart when something like that happens. But here are the Patriots and here's this culture that Bill has created, which includes the, a culture that, that, you know, they, there was Spygate and there were things like that going on, but it was such an incredible culture that when their backs were up against the wall, that's, you know, not only where they, they that's where they, that's where they perform their best. So it's this interesting sort of, you know, duality in the, in the, in, in the building where, the same thing that has led to their problems also is the way that they get out of their problems and the way that they rally together and the, and the cohesion that mm -hmm. they have and they go on that tear. And, you know, the first sort of pod of that tear that they go on is about vengeance. And they talk about how, you know, they want to, they basically want to punish everybody for what they're doing. They're, the idea that you would invalidate anything that we've done because of a signal and then the next part is, can they, can they, you know, can they go undefeated and can they do the thing that nobody has ever really done before? And that gets them all the way up to the Super Bowl. And one of the things that your journalists would talk about from a national perspective, looking in at the Patriots is that, um, you know, America was hoping in a way that the Patriots would be humbled by the Spygate allegations, but that's not what happened. They kept winning and winning and winning, and they couldn't find this thing that that they they never sort of responded the way that everybody hoped they would. And then we get to the ultimate stage, the Super Bowl, and you know this team that had once been David and had taken on and beaten Goliath was now Goliath, and was there was in there was sort of a new David that was coming in, and um, you know. The, the music that's in that scene is a piece uh, by it, it, it's a piece from an opera and it's about judgment day. And again, we get into all these larger sort of themes of what is this all about mm -hmm. and, and how does it play? And, you know, we hear the journalist and Michael Strahan talking about 
how it felt like, you know, good versus light, you know, or good versus evil, darkness versus light and things like that. And uh, that was sort of the larger idea of what that Super Bowl was kind of about. It, it was, and, and, you know, it also happened to be one of the greatest Super Bowls as a, as from an NFL perspective that's ever been played. As you said something a little earlier in terms of the human element, but I want to I want to focus on one particular relationship that that I thought really changed Bill Belichick, and you talked about it briefly, but I want to expound on it a little bit more. In episode four, you went into the relationship between Bill Belichick and then head coach Eric Mangini. Mm-hmm. And as it pertains to to, to Spygate and how Eric Mangini betrayed Bill Belichick, but you focused on Bill Belichick in terms of how that betrayal actually changed him. And I thought that was really interesting because oftentimes we hear and see that, you know, when when a person goes goes to betrayal from the person that is closest to them, it changes a person, and you saw that change with Bill Belichick. Would that be a fair assessment as to how that moment in time, going through that betrayal by um, from Bill Belichick um, and through the hands of Eric Mangini, changed Bill Belichick in terms of his relationships with everyone else around him in the Patriots organization? Well, I think the episode really talks about two different changes that take place with Bill. Um, the first one is from Michael Holly, an incredible journalist um, who who not only covered the Patriots but also was embedded with Bill for an, you know wrote an incredible book um, and spent real time with Bill over the years. And you know what he talks about is this idea of hubris and um, how everybody sort of says that when they get to the top they're not going to change, but they always kind of do. So that was the first change in a lot of ways that that the people that are that we interviewed talked about. The, the second change is what you're talking about, which is, um, you know, when you're at the top and somebody betrays you like that, what does it, what does it make you do? And, you know, it's, it's Scott Pioli's line, really, um, when he talks about how Bill distanced himself from those that were closest to him. And I think, you know, one of the things that we always set out to do is n- no matter who, what, what person it was in this story, um, we always wanted to make sure that you could, even if you disagreed with the choice that they made or the thing that they did, we, all, we always wanted to make sure you understood why they made that choice and then even also how they reacted to it and, and sort of take you into their eyes and how they saw things. And so I think when I heard that, I thought, well, that makes perfect sense to me. If somebody did something like that to me, I think I'd probably react the same way. How do you trust people again after that, right? And um, I think always kind of letting people see the world through the, letting the audience come in and see the world through these people's eyes was really important to us. And the last question I want to ask you, and when, when you look back, on the first half of the dynasty. People talk about often, you know, Tom Brady. 
but yet it it seemed to me that there were there, there were other important pieces that were part of that story we talk about scott pioli and um, ernie adams um and, and so forth and the journalists that well that that were there covering the team back then we talk about the likes of um of uh, Michael Holly, as well as Jack, the legendary Jackie McMullen as well. Was there a particular part of the, the team in the and that first part of the Patriots dynasty was viewed um, that, that really, that, that really changed or impacted the way that you looked at the subjects that were being interviewed in, um, in the doc. Yeah, you broke up for a little bit, but I think I got the gist of your question. Um, so I think that the two people that really impacted the, especially the the first half, okay. I would I would say were Scott Pioli and Ernie Adams, um, uh, mainly because in in both of their cases, but especially Ernie's, they really had never talked on the record about anything before, and it's certainly not for in for a, a documentary or sort of anything uh, on video or anything like that. I think Ernie had talked a little bit on the record for education of the coach, but I think the reason that I was so interested in talking to them is I wanted to make sure I understood the coach's standpoint and Bill's standpoint. And Ernie, you know, when he's introduced, he sort of talks about how him and Bill are lifelong friends and they can sort of read each other's mannerisms and what know what they're thinking without even having to say anything. And so, you know, I think they were really, really crucial. But then also the other thing that we kept hearing about from the players, which was really interesting, is, you know, just from a football perspective, is um, the idea that the dynasty at the beginning was really uh, founded on the back of the defense and that people and, – and I think really as we started to talk to people like Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis um, – Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy, all of these people that that was really clear. And they also really helped paint a picture of Tom Brady before, you know, he was the goat before he was on the cover of GQ and was doing the Ugg boot commercials and all of that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, the, 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 the story of the Patriot dynasty really is a story about a, a, a much, even though yes, that the three pillars of it are, you know, Tom, Bill and Robert, it's really a story of a much larger team and, you know, um, I just feel very, very lucky to have had all of these people be willing to sit down and talk about all of these things and give us their time. And, you know, one of the things that you can see is that, you know, even though we didn't really hear from them all that much, that these guys are incredible storytellers and they have really interesting things to say. Uh, Matthew, thank you uh, for so much for taking the, the time to come on the Hubble Champion to talk about the doc, the docu series, the Dynasty, which all of you can watch on Apple TV Plus. Episodes five and six are dropping this Friday. Watch and tune into that as well. Um, thank you so much, uh, Matthew. Uh, Matthew Hamachek, um, executive uh, producer for the Dynasty. Ah, thanks Apple for having TV me on. Plus. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it.
Absolutely. Hey, um, I don't know if you'll have the ability. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.